Hello and welcome to SWAT Radio with Doug McCary of His Light Ministries. So happy you are listening today. I am Taylor Johnson, and if you would like to join our discussion, please call us at 1-844-777-SWAT. That's 1-844-777-7928. Or you can email us at ask at SWATradio.com. That's ask, A-S-K, at SWATradio.com. Well, today is Tuesday, not Monday. Yesterday was Columbus Day, and we had a... Uh, rerun episode on so this is our first day in the studio for the week doug how's it going today that's good october 12th already midway through october it's crazy reformation month too. yeah reformation month and uh we are uh just trucking on through 2021 hopefully it'll be into 2022 soon uh, maybe when we hit 2022 we'll be out of the pandemic <laughs> that what do you think what do you think taylor uh no i think uh well uh, according to who i guess is the question have you seen the documentary on fauci i have not seen it i saw that they had one yeah um i saw the the audience reviews were very very low you think uh i wonder why i wonder why you know uh if you uh i got i got an email from one of our listeners uh about the particular um, documentary it's on uh, Disney a plus so you don't you know uh, one of the the guys says that uh, uh, he just saved us the time of having to watch it he says there's a picture at the end um, where Fauci's at work at home underneath a larger than life painting of himself wow. <laughs> that's not a surprise is it <laughs> Yeah. So anyway, uh, yeah. Let's. What's going on in the news? Let's see. Southwest Airlines, uh, yeah. thousands of uh, flights canceled over the weekend and the holiday. Why? Because uh, workers and pilots don't want the vaccine. And Governor Abbott out in Texas just passed, or he just signed a, an executive order out there uh, prohibiting. Uh, any companies from demanding a any vaccine. entity yeah any yeah. entity yeah so you know but we've got that here in florida too i just wonder how they deal with like american airlines which is based out of dallas or southwest or any other kind of entity well that, i know that um southwest just came out and said that they're going to be doing mandate uh regardless of what texas says um and i think here it's uh it has to do with federal, um, or not federal, but uh, state, state let, uh, state run things that can't uh, do that because I know some hospitals in uh, Jacksonville have vaccine mandates. So uh, I think it's a little bit different with what um, Abbott is doing. Uh, but then the Southwest thing, yeah, <laughs> you know, it was interesting that because obviously there wasn't a lot of talk about it until eventually they had to, and then it became well, there was this uh, weather anomalies. Uh, that were causing delays, but it was just Southwest. So, I mean, Delta and United and all them, they knew how to fly in that weather or like what was going on there. Um, but yeah, it seems that's a big thing uh, to me that the pilots and uh, ground crews and stuff like that are 
uh, letting their voice be heard. And I think from what I heard, it's kind of started in Jacksonville with some of the air traffic controllers. Um, only two out of 35 showed up for work. Uh, they were the sick. Yeah. Yeah. They had, they had sick days. Yep. Well, you know, and th- there's another looming problem in the military right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's over 210,000 members still not vaccinated and it's mandated and they're going to be forced out under other than honorable is what they're pushing, uh, which is like a felony. Um, Wait, other than honorable or is it dishonorable is a felony? Well, uh, other than honorable, I guess maybe like a dis Because you get a medical discharge and that would be. No, that's not. No, that's, that's called. That's still on. You can get an honorable with a medical. Uh, All right. But if you like don't finish training, isn't that called other than honorable? No, not, it depends. Uh, other than honorable usually is a, is a, I mean, usually um, getting a, a discharge, an honorable discharge, if you get a medical or any kind of normal discharge, that's just an honorable discharge. That just means that you uh, receive good or excellent ratings while you're in the service. You know, you mm-hmm. go through and get, uh, you, you get an honorable discharge. A general discharge is if you have satisfactory performance, um, but you you have a few conduct things, you know, nothing major, just a few. Uh, a general, um, usually you get some kind of what's called non-judicial punishment in the military um, to correct the behavior, uh, but you don't have to go to the brig or anything like that. Uh, and it's kind of like an administrative discharge for somebody who has some issues, but they're not an otherable. Um, the most severe is other than honorable, uh, which, um, security violations. If you, if you violate like secret clearances, stuff, mm-hmm. you share stuff, you use violence, you convicted by a civilian court with a sentence that has prison time in it. Uh, if you're found guilty of adultery in a divorce hearing, you know that? Wow. Uh, um, I wonder how often that's upheld. Yeah. If you are a veteran and you get an other than honorable, you cannot reenlist in the armed forces or the reserve, except every now and then they might make an exception. And you typically don't get veteran benefits. Mm. Then a bad conduct discharge is to uh, enlisted military members, and it's uh, – Usually when they have a court-martial, um, usually you're going to have to have time in the brig. Is that what we usually hear as being a dishonorable discharge then? A no, bad conduct? No, or is there a difference? Uh, the, the otherable, uh, I mean, you can get another than honorable, then that's like a little step above a but, bad conduct. Okay. Uh, then after the bad conduct, you get a dishonorable. Oh, wow. So yeah. there's actually that many levels um, of, of – uh, so – but commissioned officers, because their their commission can't receive a bad conduct or a dishonorable, uh, and they they can't be reduced in rank by a court martial. If an on, if officer is discharged by a general court martial, which I think that's what they're trying to do with uh, yeah. Shellen, uh-huh. uh, then they get a dismissal. It's just like a dishonorable discharge. Um, so anyway. Um, the, the the big story is, man, if you look, I mean, like, that's a lot. 51,000 Marines still haven't gotten it. 7,000 people in the Navy. 
almost 100,000 in the Army and Mm. 60,000 in the Air Force. And the Army Guard and Reserve, which is almost half a million people, still has almost 200,000 not vaccinated, and they don't want to get it. So I so think, including the Reserve and National Guard, that's close to almost half a million. Yeah, right? that's a lot of people. And I think what happened is I think when the president decided to make it a mandate, he did not anticipate the backlash he was going to get from everybody. I think it was um, – a lot more uh, uh, reservations about it because they've gone to extraordinary means to pressure people to take it. And again, there's a lot of people that probably would have taken it had there not been such unusual pressure, you yeah. know? Yeah. And you know, I, I think that there's certain segments that they weren't maybe expecting pressure from, uh, for example, um, like Kyrie Irving, right? Some celebrity people who are willing not to take it. I don't think that was something that maybe they have factored into because it was just, um, you know, little here and there things that they can shuffle under the rug with some excuse or the other. Uh, it's pretty easy to to kind of juke the system on that one. But with, with some of those big celebrity stuff and then what's going on with southwest like that stuff that people can't ignore right that it, it every common everyday people see that and um so it'll be interesting to see what they do with the military do you, i mean do you see any chance that they'll back down uh well i think there's lawsuits coming from some of the airlines uh i think again um i i think uh, you know there are some of the southwest pilots were saying listen you're you're going to have a catastrophic uh uh, impact here in supply chain and transportation if you continue try to make this mandate well, we're already having a huge supply train uh, uh chain excuse me issue right if you look at uh with shipping containers like out on the west coast that are just circling around because they won't let them into the harbors um to to dock and unload and they're just circling and waiting um it's it's a pretty bad thing. I don't think that many people are really aware of. Well, I don't think, uh, and, and you know, you need to be prepared. Like, come December, like right now, uh, if, if you if you pay attention to the news, folks, and you listen to what's going on, and listen, yeah, uh, I, I know that the news can be slanted mm-hmm. and and all that, but still, if they're covering stories like supply chain issues in New York and L.A. right now. Yeah. Uh, you can almost be assured that the rest of the country is about two to three months behind them. They have such population uh, issues there that um, w- we probably will see supply chain issues. Uh, I-, I was in Target uh, yesterday, and there was no cough drops. mm and the lady, I, there were like three or four people in there. I was buying something else, and they're like, I can't believe they don't have cough drops. You know, and I had this thought as I was getting in uh, my truck to, to leave that, uh, you know, we've, beso- we've become so accustomed to being blessed and mm-hmm. have immediate access. If we just want to go up and get cough medicine, if we want to go get cough drops, if we want to get toilet paper, whatever it is, yeah, you know, um, now, don't go make a run on toilet paper. Uh, but anyway, uh, th- these supply chain issues are coming, mm-hmm. and they're going to hit here in Jacksonville. So you might want to, when you go out, instead of buying just what you normally do, just buy an extra one. Put yeah. it aside and, mm-hmm. and prepare for 
what's coming in December because it's coming. Yeah, I agree. Um, we are up against the news, or the, not the news break. We're up against the first break. So we'll be back with more after the break. You are listening to SWAT Radio. Stay tuned. We'll be right back. This program has the potential to reach millions of men each week. If you'd like to learn how you can support this unique program that is helping men understand the truth about Jesus through God's Word and how to impact their lives and the lives of others, then go to www.swatradio.com. Then click on the donate link to help SWAT Radio pass on the truth for the next generation. We're so grateful for having people like Tom Neal Truck Company sponsoring SWAT Radio. Tom Neal Truck Company is located at 417 Edgewood Avenue South in Jacksonville, Florida. Tom Neal is a full-service franchise truck dealer for Freightliner, Western Star, Volvo, Isuzu, and Sprinter vans offering new and used truck sales, service, parts, and truck rental, and leasing to the North Florida and South Georgia truck market. More information on Tom Neal Truck Company is located at www.tomneal.com. That's www.tomnehl.com. If you've been walking the same old road for miles and miles, if you've been hearing the same old voice of the same old lies, if you're trying to feel the same old holes inside, there's a better life, there's a better life. If you got pain, he's a pain that is Zach Williams, excuse me, with Chainbreaker. Welcome back to SWAT Radio. SWAT stands for Spiritual Warriors Advancing Truth. And if you are just joining us, we took the first segment, as we do uh, pretty much every day, to talk a little bit about what's going on in the news and the big stuff that happened over the weekend. Um, this week we are going to be looking at Acts chapter 9, verses 1 through 19. Um, and we're going to be talking about uh, Paul, or Saul, and his well, he is Paul, but he, yeah, he yeah. was Saul first, right? Hey, uh, I did want to say this. I meant to get this in the first segment that uh, there was a spokesperson for Southwest on the Babylon Bee. Uh, do you ever watch that? Did you see that? No, I didn't. So apparently a spokesperson for Southwest Airlines has announced that these delays due to weather phenomenon, vaccines, and other ATC issues uh, – they announced a new incentive program for potential passengers. All flights, domestic or international, are free to any passenger who is uh, vaccinated and who is a licensed ATP pilot. <laughs> <laughs> to take advantage of these, uh, you you know, um, you know, the requirement is um, that you just got to be able to fly a plane and show proof of vaccination. Well, there you go. There you go. And then they said the flight's on them. You know? <laughs> no, that's, uh, you know, Southwest has always been a good airline, but they, and, you know, kudos to the pilots and the, the crews for mm-hmm. kind of taking a stand. Uh, I think a lot of people are starting to do that in different rounds. You know, uh, nurses, uh, nursing programs in New York are really struggling, really around the country right now. Um, you know, in fact, New York's having to bring in the National Guard to help accommodate people. So, you know. Um, and I think they floated the idea around of bringing foreign nationals in to work in the hospitals. I don't know if they're yes. actually going to do that. But. Yeah, that, I don't think that would go over very yeah. well uh, necessarily. Not at all. 
but uh, anyway, I just uh, I, I just saw that Babylon Bee thing, and I thought, but you know, again, this this information is out there, and you go, well, why is this important? Why are you talking about this? Well, because one of the things as believers, we need to be prepared, not just to take care of ourselves, but to take care of other people. You know, there's this principle from the Old Testament that used to have to cut the four cor- all but the four corners mm-hmm. of your field. Mm-hmm. You would leave the four corners, and that was to take care of the sojourner, the widow, the orphan, uh, the people, the alien. And so uh, as believers, you know, I, I have several um, friends who are uh, part of the body of Christ who are prepping with uh, some extra food, some extra uh, medicines and stuff. Uh, I mean, imagine that your neighbor comes home and goes, hey, um, you know, they don't even have any cough drops, and I have some. And you could offer, hey, I have some. I'm happy to share with you. Oh, you would? Yeah, I'll give you some, and you can open up. It could be a spiritual springboard to open up a conversation um, about, you know, about just Jesus. How about that? Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, and uh, you're right. And also just you're responsible for, you know, those who are under your authority, namely, you know, your family. So it's good to be prepared in that regard as well. But then, yeah, like you say, that it also can lead to opportunities to bless other people who are hurting for something and, and need something. And I would say also just with the whole uh, vaccine mandate thing and and whatnot that, you know, to see people standing up, uh, I think that's that's good to stand up for their freedoms and and for you know I I, w- I guess I would say um, the natural law right God's law that He's written in creation I think that's something that we should uh, applaud and and get behind. Yep. Well, hey, uh, this week uh, we are in Acts chapter nine, one of the greatest conversion stories in the history of the world. In fact certainly has been one of the most impactful because 13 of the New Testament books were written by the guy who mm-hmm. um, we're going to be looking at this week. And you mentioned it was Paul. He's also known as Saul. In fact, he was known as Saul before he was known as Paul. He changed his name. And um, we're going to pick up in Acts chapter 9, but just in case somebody's tuning in for the first time and uh they to get some context uh the story and uh the stories in acts are really a part of a letter uh and they're not just bible stories it's history acts is a history book where uh luke is a historian writing to a guy named theophilus he wrote the gospel was the first account and hit the gospel of luke covered the life of Jesus and his disciples all the way up to the crucifixion and and the ascension. And he picks up in Acts chapter 1 with the ascension and and telling Jesus telling the disciples, hey, go wait in Jerusalem until you're equipped with power from on high, the Holy Spirit. And so that's what they do in Acts chapter 1. We see the disciples waiting uh, Jesus tells them, you're going to be my witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, the ends of the earth. And so they're waiting. They replace Judas with a guy named Matthias. And then in chapter 2, we see the Holy Spirit come. And when the Holy Spirit came, they spoke in tongues, or which was really known languages of people 
other than the Israelite language, the Hebrew language, the Aramaic. And uh, that was a judgment on God's people. It was prophesied by Jeremiah. And and these um, apostles and the believers were speaking in these languages the good works of God, all the things about God and who he is and what he's done. And uh, then Peter took advantage of that and preached a message about Jesus. And it says 3,000 people responded to the message that day. They were Hellenistic Jews who were there for the uh, for the uh, feast. And uh, then the church um, began to fellowship. They sold things to help take care of people who were in need, who were visiting from other parts of the world, who were Jewish. And then in chapter 3, we see uh, Peter heal, Peter and John heal a blind beggar. And uh, Peter goes in and then gives another message, and another 5,000 people respond to the gospel. And and uh, they're brought before the council again. They're arrested, basically. The first time was in chapter 2 after that, and they were told to be quiet, not to talk about Jesus anymore. And they said, we've got to. The Holy Spirit compels us to. And here in chapter 4, the same thing happens. They were arrested, and um, and they said, we've got to keep doing this. And so, I'm sorry, I, I, I jumped ahead. The first arrest was chapter 4. The second arrest was chapter 5. Because in the second arrest, they get beaten. But uh, a story happened in between there because they were giving away stuff and selling things to help people in need. And Ananias and Sapphira at the beginning of chapter 5 and uh, Ananias and Sapphira sold property, but they lied about the amount that they got for it, and they were both taken off the face of the earth to show God's concern with holiness and being authentic believers who are not trying to pretend to be spiritual because that was a problem with the Pharisees. And then um, after that, the disciples are doing signs and wonders, and they're arrested again. This time they're beaten. They counted themselves worthy to be beaten. Then there's a problem with the... Uh, the widows who were from outside of Jerusalem. And so seven men are chosen, Stephen and Philip, uh, just to name two of them, because we see them later in Acts. Um, uh, Stephen uh, starts preaching in the synagogues there around Jerusalem to the, where all the Hellenists, the outside Jewish people come, people from outside of Israel, uh, but they're Jewish. And he's arrested, and he gives a defense. Chapter 7, he gives this speech, and he's stoned. He's stoned, and uh, he's the first martyr. And as he's being stoned, uh, the witnesses laid down their garments, it says at the end of chapter 7, at the feet of a young man named Saul. And Saul is there giving witness, and he approved of that execution. Saul was growing in favor with the religious leaders, the Sadducees, and he was actually commissioned by them to go persecute the church. But before we jump into him in chapter 9, we see his he's going house to house at the beginning of chapter 8, and, and the apostles go back to Jerusalem, or they stay in Jerusalem, and all the other believers scatter. And Philip is picked up on, the guy from Acts 6 is, who was helping distribute the food, and he goes to Samaria. We see a false convert and Simon the magician. And uh, Peter and John come down from Jerusalem because they hear about all this 
incredible ministry going on in Samaria. Remember, Samaria was considered really cursed by the Jewish people. They they didn't think that anything good could be there, and because they had intermarried during their uh, their captivity, and they had pagan worship, they had idols everywhere, and so they sent Peter and John to authenticate that all these people were actually true believers, and Simon the magician wasn't. And but there were a lot of believers there that were. Then God takes uh, uh, Philip away to a desert road going to Gaza, and he encounters an Ethiopian eunuch who he shares the good news with, and that eunuch represents a lot of people in our world who know the Scriptures maybe. They go, they worship, they try to be religious, but they don't know Jesus. And uh, Philip shared with him. He became a believer, uh, baptized, and filled with the Holy Spirit that day, and that what was that's what's what was going on as a backdrop to what's happening uh, in chapter nine as we look at the apostle Paul, and as we look at Paul's life and we look at Acts nine one through nineteen today, but what we're going to see is Paul was not a guy seeking Jesus. Paul was a guy who was going against Jesus, actively opposing Jesus. But we see a divine invitation in the fact that God comes into Paul's life, Saul at this point, on the road to Damascus. And he says, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? And Saul goes, who are you, Lord? So just by that statement, he clearly identifies he doesn't know Jesus, who he is. He's been serving a false god, a god he created, which is what a lot of people do. And in his divine mercy, we see a divine invitation. So the first thing we see in this text, in the first part, we see a divine invitation. Then we see a divine mercy as Paul yields to that. Then we see a divine relationship as Paul moves from religion to a relationship with the Creator. And then we see a divine relationship with a divine family that he has a relationship. So when we come back, we're going to have you read the text, and we're going to start unpacking this divine invitation. All right, so we will be back with more after the news. Um, we would like to give a shout-out to our listeners listening in Virginia at the Lighthouse, as well as in Meridian, Mississippi, listening on WMER, and all of you who are listening here locally, 91.7 in Jacksonville, 91.9 in St. Augustine, and 91.3 in Folkestone, Georgia, as well as all of you who are listening online around the country or wherever you are in the world would also like to let you know that you can download our SWAT app in the App Store, and you can follow us on Facebook and Twitter at SWAT Radio Talk is the handle. That is at SWAT Radio Talk. You are listening to SWAT Radio. Stay tuned. We'll be back with more after the news. They say sometimes you win some, sometimes you lose some. Right now, right now, I'm losing bad. Stood on this stage night after night, reminding the Welcome back to SWAT Radio. That was Mercy Me with Even If. If you are just joining us, we are looking at Acts chapter 9, verses 1 through 19 this week. And just before the break, Doug gave us a rundown of all of Acts leading up to this point um, because we're coming up to a pivotal point, pivotal, not pivotal, pivotal point. Um, and we are going to talk about it this week. And that is 
um, the conversion of Saul, um, and then who later changes his name to Paul. So that is where we are at. If you would like to open your Bibles to Acts chapter 9, verses 1 through 19, you can do so now. Yeah, uh, you know, other than Jesus, uh, the Apostle Paul was probably one of the most influential people in the history of the world on the church. He, uh, he, he had all these incredibly unique characteristics. He was Jewish, but yet he was a Roman citizen. You know, he was mm-hmm. a uh, Greek, um, philosophy-educated kind of guy, and yet he was a religious Pharisee. So he had all these unique intersections, and uh, God took him from being a persecutor and made him a preacher. He made him a a guy who was a proclaimer of Jesus as the divine Messiah, uh, and he was a. And even when he became a a preacher, he wasn't just a itinerant preacher. He was a missionary, but he was an evangelist. But he was a church planner. He planted churches. He was a pastor. He had a pastor's heart. He was a a, a teacher. He was a theologian. He wrote Romans. I mean, my goodness, that book alone is like the Magna Carta of the New Testament, mm-hmm. right? It's just it's incredible. And so as we look at these um these you know, these uh really I think these things that we should see in all conversions. You know, we, Paul had a very unique conversion even because he he saw Jesus on mm-hmm. the road. But what we see in Paul's conversion experience should be something that marks all of our conversions. And I talked about them before the break, a divine invitation, God's sovereignty. Nobody seeks God on their own. You hear it all the time. People uh, say, well, you know, I found God. No, God found you. Nobody goes looking for God. God draws people. He comes to us. And draws us. He brings people into our life that share the message with us. So there's a divine invitation in the conversion process, but there's also a divine mercy. Even our faith is by God's grace. In fact, in Ephesians, Paul himself said, by grace are you saved through faith. Faith is the mechanism, but even that is a response to God. And third, we see the divine relationship. That's really what the whole thing is about is God and us in divine relationship, not just individually, yes, individually, but also corporately. So it's not just a divine relationship. Personally, there's a divine family involved. So um, that's what we're going to be looking at this week. We'll try to get into it today and probably cover um, divine mercy and relationship and family tomorrow. Uh, But go ahead and read one through 19 of Acts 9, and then we will uh, look at this divine invitation. All right. But but Saul, still breathing threats and murder against the disciples of the Lord, went to the high priest and asked him for letters to the synagogues at Damascus, so that if he found any belonging to the way, men or women, he might bring them bound to Jerusalem. Now as he went on his way, he approached Damascus, and suddenly a light from heaven shone around him. And falling to the ground, he heard a voice saying to him, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? And he said, Who are you, Lord? And he said, I am Jesus, whom you are persecuting. But rise and enter the city, and you will be told what what you are to do. 
The men who were traveling with him stood speechless, hearing the voice but seeing no one. Saul rose from the ground, and although his eyes were opened, he saw nothing. So they led him by the hand and brought him into Damascus. And for three days he was without sight and neither ate nor drank. Now there was a disciple at Damascus named Ananias. The Lord said to him in a vision, Ananias, and he said, Here I am, Lord. And the Lord said to him, Rise and go to the street called Straight. And at the house of Judas, look for a man of Tarsus named Saul. For behold, he is praying, and he has seen in a vision a man named Ananias come in and lay his hands on him so that he might regain his sight. But Ananias answered, Lord, I have heard from many about this man, how much evil he has done to your saints at Jerusalem. And here he has authority from the chief priests to bind all who call on your name. But the Lord said to him, Go, for he is chosen. He is a chosen instrument of mine to carry my name before the Gentiles and kings and the children of Israel. For I will show him how much he must suffer for the sake of my name. So Ananias departed and entered the house, and laying his hands on him, he said, Brother Saul, the Lord Jesus, who appeared to you on the road by which you came, has sent me so that you may regain your sight and be filled with the Holy Spirit. And immediately something like scales fell from his eyes, and he regained his sight. Then he rose and was baptized, and taking food, he was strengthened. May God bless the reading of his word. You know, I, I want to point out that Paul was an apostle as one untimely born. You remember he said that in his own words. But Ananias, in the text you read, affirmed that Paul physically saw Jesus. The Lord Jesus, who appeared to you on the road. This was not a vision This was Jesus, the resurrected Christ, which is one of the characteristics to be an apostle. You know, you have a lot of people that throw the name apostle around. I'm an apostle today or say they're an apostle. Uh, We're all apostles. The little a means we're sent. But big A apostles were people who had uh, divine power to heal divine power to cast out demons. They were direct representatives of the Most High God, Son Jesus. And they physically saw him after the resurrection. In fact, when they were selecting Matthias, remember that Mm -hmm. was one of the characteristics, somebody who had been with us from the beginning who had seen him. And so... um, When you look at the Apostle Paul and you look at his life and what he's given us, uh, even later in this book, we're going to see twice this same story is told. In Acts 22, where he's talking to religious leaders, he's sharing it. Acts 26, we get some more details. And his name wasn't changed to Saul or to Paul until Acts 13. But he's Saul. Saul was the name of the first king of Israel. He was of the tribe of Benjamin. He took a lot of pride in that. We know from Philippians 3, he, when he said, I'm a Hebrew of Hebrews, you know, I'm, I'm a Pharisee. I'm from the tribe of Benjamin. Um, he had a, a good namesake in the name Saul. Although today we look at him and we go, I don't know if I'd want that. <laughs> name. I'd rather be called David, right? right? I mean, like, but for whatever reason, it, that, that was a, it was an influential name, and here he is going to persecute Christians. I want to go back to verse 1 where you say, but Saul 
still breathing threats and murder against the disciples of the Lord. When when you hear that phrase, breathing threats, what do you think about? I mean, like what what is what is? I just think, man, that's a bad line right there. That's that's like something you write in a in a story. I mean, it's just you get the idea of what exactly what they're talking about, but it's from like a lyrical or perspective i'm like that he's breathing threats and murder well we typically when we hear that we think about the ex exposition of threats and murder the the uh stating of you know the threats and then murdering people but literally in the greek what that means there is he's breathing those in Mm. he's inhaling the murder and the threats against god's people Mm. Now think about that for a second. Whatever comes in has to go out. Mm -hmm. So he is feeding on the hate, feeding on that. Why? Um, It could be for ambition, just to rise up the the religious uh, ladder. But the scripture says he's breathing those in against the disciples of the Lord. Do you think it could have been, you know, I guess zealous passion for what he perceived as right at the time because if you look at his life after christ i mean you can see the passion there yeah. for the truth well yeah he most definitely was serving a god but mm-hmm. he was not serving the god of israel because the god of israel was the god the father of jesus yeah and so when saul went to the high priest and asked for letters to the synagogues uh at damascus um, it's probably because they got word back in Jerusalem, hey, believers are up here. How would they know believers were there? Typically, the way it worked in the Jewish culture is if you had a problem with something going on, you went to a rabbi mm-hmm. and say, hey, can we appeal to the high priest to do an investigation? Can we get them to come up and take care of this issue? And and so they, he went to him and asked for letters saying, okay, mm-hmm. You have the authority to go arrest these people because you're going to remember Israel was a theocracy. The civil, the ceremonial, and the moral law was all wrapped up in one. The the religious, it was all one. And so he goes up there and to bring, uh, he found any belonging to the way. Now the way, just like the term Christ, was a derogatory term for Christians Mm-hmm. Uh, but they were already alluding to the fact that there was uh, a, a proclamation of only one way in Jesus. Jesus himself said, I'm the way, I'm the truth, and the life. This is why people say, oh, there's lots of ways to, to heaven. No, there's one way through Jesus. That's that's what he said. We didn't say that. He said that in his word. But he, he went to find any men or women so that he might bring them bound to Jerusalem. Now, this is a six, seven-day journey. Mm. I mean, this is 130 miles of walking. Just for some context, okay, think about that. 130 miles. Okay, that's that's going over, uh, you know, that's almost to Tallahassee. Mm. And in the desert, I mean, walking through some tough ground, and so, uh, it was. He Saul was really after these people. And when we come back, 
we're going to look at even though he's after them, God's after him. Yeah. All right, so make sure you stick with us. We will be back with more after the break. You are listening to SWAT Radio. Stay tuned. We'll be right back. If you'd like to contact SWAT Radio, the toll-free number is 1-844-777-7928. That's 844-777-7928 or 844-777-SWAT. You can also listen to this program through the WTRJ The Truth app from the App Store or over the Internet by accessing www.swatradio.com. We'll be back shortly for further discussion and to take your calls. SWAT Radio is brought to you in part by Ace Door and Window Service, Inc. Ace Door and Window Service, Inc. is a full-service sales door and window installation company. Both of the owners are licensed contractors and are involved in the daily operations of the company. All of their trucks are company-owned and fully equipped. Their mission is to provide Jacksonville and the surrounding area with door and window replacement services. To learn more, call 904-701-3667. That's 904-701-DOOR. Or online at www.acedoor.com. There I was on death row Guilty in the first degree Son of God hanging on That is Red Letters by David Crowder. Welcome back to SWAT Radio. If you are just joining us, we are looking at Acts chapter 9, verses 1 through 19 this week. Uh, And we would love to have you join us. So if you have any questions or would like to join the discussion, please do so at 1-844-777-SWAT. That's 1-844-777-7928. Or you can email us at ask at SWATradio.com. That's ask, A-S-K, at SWATradio.com. So going back, uh, Taylor, to uh, Acts chapter 9, as we go, it says, uh, Now as he was on his way, he approached Damascus, and suddenly a light from heaven flashed around him. So he was going to Damascus. Now, Damascus, uh, you can read about it back in Genesis chapter 14. It's an old city. It's been around for a long time. Naaman over in 2 Kings Remember the guy who was healed from leprosy? He was from Damascus. And um, it was uh, considered actually one of the most beautiful cities over in Western Asia. Mm. And uh, on the way from Jerusalem to Damascus, you go by uh, via this place where the the Via Maris and the King's Highway kind of come together. Uh, There's a place called Amrit, O-M-R-I-T. It's on a low hill that overlooks a lake there it's um just north of uh the site uh, of that that's a little uh, that, that site amrit is a little south of scathopolis which was also known as bet shane in hebrew that's in the bible what, what? and that's called the damascus road that road that runs alongside um uh the, not far from uh amrit and it was one of the country's main arteries, this Damascus Road. But what's interesting about Amrit is walking by that to Damascus, uh, the Apostle Paul would have seen the third temple built uh, by Herod in honor of Caesar Augustus. It was a temple to worship Caesar. 
Oh. And he would have seen that, which would have been disgusting for him to see that. And I'm sure as he was going on that road, he was probably envisioning arresting people worshiping another false god, Jesus. Mm-hmm. Uh, because he, in his mind, believed Jesus was a false god. He did not believe Jesus was Messiah. He didn't seek Jesus as Messiah. And in this, we see the first principle of this divine invitation. It's God's sovereignty. And I'm always kind of taken back by how people struggle with the sovereignty of God because Paul was absolutely not only not seeking him, he was actively going against him. And yet, there God is coming into his life. Jesus is appearing to him And he says, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? And I think the first thing that Jesus does in any conversion experience is allow us to see that we are walking in rejection of Messiah. Now, that may be manifested in different ways. For for Saul, he was persecuting Christians. He was killing Christians. He was beating Christians. He was throwing them in jail. For you... Or me, maybe we're just being our own God. Maybe we're just doing what our own do. do but, but in either case, whether we're our own God, we're our own king, or whether we're like Paul, we're serving a God that we've created because it's not the God of Israel. Uh, it may sound like the God of Israel. There's a lot of people that worship a Jesus today, but he's not the right Jesus. There's a lot of different versions of Jesus out there. And God in his mercy came. Why did he come to Saul? Because Saul was his. From the foundation of the earth, he had marked Saul as his. And he says that when he says to Ananias, he's a chosen instrument of mine. What does that mean? That means he selected. God selected him and said, this is going to be my guy. He's going to be my guy. He's going to write, you know, half the New Testament. Oh, he's going to have to suffer a lot, too. But there, there's something about that we don't like, the fact that God selectively chooses people. He's sovereign in that. And, um, you know, he comes into uh, Saul's life, Jesus, and he says, Saul, Saul. Usually when you see in Luke's writings a double name, like Jerusalem, Jerusalem, Simon, Simon, mm-hmm. Martha, Martha, it's always an exhortation about to happen. And if you go to Acts chapter 26, which is another account of this, um, as, as, Kings, uh, as Paul is, is sharing with Roman leaders his testimony, and in that particular account, he gives us this phrase that Jesus says, Saul, uh, Saul, Saul, why do you persecute me? Why do you kick against the goads? And the goads... A goad was a a sharp instrument used to prod cattle or prod oxygen. And what he's saying is, why are you inflicting pain on yourself? Why do you keep rejecting me? Because you're just kicking against the goad. It's like when they use the prod, if you kick against it, guess what? It goes in deeper. It hurts more. Mm. And so he's saying, why are you doing this? You're mine. And that's the whole point of the first four verses is we see God's sovereignty uh, Saul is one of the greatest examples of God's sovereignty and salvation in the scriptures, uh, where he just actively goes against somebody who's opposing him, 
And he says, no, you're mine. And he humbles him. How does he humble him? He blinds him. Mm-hmm. That that would humble you, wouldn't it? <laughs> yeah. I mean, it'd humble anybody. If you can see, and then all of a sudden you're blind. But you got to remember, blindness has always been kind of a, a analogy for sin, being blind to God's plan. And Saul was very zealous, but he was zealous for the wrong God. He was zealous for a God he created, a religious God that was more about works than he was about his grace. And and so God seeks him out, and it's a beautiful thing. He goes in there, and he rescues him. Why? Because that's what God does. He's a rescuer. You know, a lot of people have this idea, well, the God of the Old Testament is a angry God, mm. you know, and but no, he's a merciful God. He was merciful in the Old Testament. He's merciful in the New Testament. And Jesus is the mechanism of his mercy. And Jesus goes to Saul, which is just a beautiful picture. And tomorrow we're going to really get into Saul's response. We're going to look at, at, at what that response produced in Saul. And we're also going to look at uh, the the relationships that changed in, in Saul's life as a result of that. So, But today, I think just people walking away with the divine invitation. Have you, have you had that divine invitation? Have you accepted it? Or are you kicking against the goads? You know, I mean, like um, a lot of people want a savior, but they don't want King Jesus, you know? Right. Um, yeah. Could sit there for a minute, but I wanted <laughs> to ask you about um, why do you think that is about the perception of the Old Testament of God being an angry God, because there's you know plenty of instances of His mercy there. Where do you know kind of historically where that kind of perception came from? I, I don't. I just know that it's a it's a people like to separate and say, well, God, the God of the Old Testament is a God of wrath, and the God of the New Testament is a God of mercy. But if you go and look at one simple example. You know, uh, uh, if you look over in Samuel, back in the Old Testament, Second uh, Samuel, where David, you remember when David numbers the troops? Mm-hmm. Um, uh, or maybe it's First Samuel, I'm sorry. Uh, is it First Samuel? Or, uh, I think it, maybe it's Second Samuel. Yes, yeah, Second Samuel. If you go to Second Samuel, where David, uh, David, uh, it, it, he's kind of, he he does it takes a census right, yep. and that was a problem because what what is a census it tells you how many people you have, but God said okay, David you've blown it uh, through the prophet. He said uh, I want you to uh, choose one of the three things I offer as your punishment, and David said uh, I can't. He said uh, but but the the prophet said three years of famine, three months. Uh, of your enemies beating you, basically, or three days of pestilence in your land. Consider and decide which one you want to do. David said, I'm in great distress. He says, let's fall into the hands of the Lord, for his mercy is great. That's Mm -hmm. a pretty strong statement, right? Mm -hmm. But he says, don't let me fall into the hands of man. In other words, don't let me in my wisdom decide. I I don't want to do that. So the Lord sent a pestilence from the morning until the appointed time. How many times? How long was that? Three days. It was the least of all three. 
I mean, one of them was a warring that took place three months. Mm -hmm. One of them was a famine for three years, and one of them was pestilence for three days. And when he yielded to God and said, and he said, you're merciful, I I appeal to your mercy, he gave him the three-day one. Yeah. And I just think that the God of the Old Testament is a God of mercy. I mean, think about the Ninevites. Mm -hmm. Jonah did not want him to be merciful to them, but he is merciful. He's a merciful God. Yeah, I think that, you know, there's a lot of people because would read that and said, oh, well, he shouldn't have done anything. You know, he should have just let him off but that that's saying that mercy should look how you think it should look and not appreciating the mercy that is there because um you know david in the census he sinned against god right because it i'm i might be wrong on this but wasn't it an act of him saying that these are my people instead of them being god's people and so that's uh you know i think when david david realized his error there like that's a a big error and i for me, I'd be like, "Oh man, I'm in, I'm in for it now." And yet, God showed mercy to him by not striking him down and then picking the least of the the three available punishments. Yeah, I, I think so. But but you know, for our listeners again, God calls us to a divine invitation. He doesn't call us to uh, to go to church every Sunday. I mean, although we should worship in church, He's not calling you to religious duty. He's calling you to a divine invitation for relationship with him. And the greatest hope for me is that if he can change Saul, a guy who killed Christians and threw him in jail, he can change anybody. So if you've got somebody in your life you're praying for, don't give up. Keep praying. And maybe it's you. Maybe you've given up on yourself. Don't. Just throw yourself to his mercy like David did and let him be your God and be his person, okay? Be with his people. All right, that all that is all the time we have for today. You've been listening to SWAT Radio. If you missed any of this program or would like to listen to past programs, please visit us at www.swatradio.com. That's www.swatradio.com. Or listen to our podcast by searching SWAT Radio. And you can also download our SWAT app in the App Store. Join us weekdays at 3 o'clock for more SWAT Radio. We will see you then. Thanks for tuning in. Hope you have a great day. If you missed a SWAT radio broadcast this week and would like to hear any show in its entirety, then go to SWATradio.com. Click on Past Shows, where you can listen to the broadcast. Also, if you're looking for a band of brothers that gather around God's Word to be a part of, then go to SWATradio.com and email one of our hosts, and they can get you plugged in to one of the local SWAT Bible studies. Tune in next time to explore how SWAT radio is strengthening